Welcome to Put a Word on It, a podcast presented by Men of Valor. In each episode, we're going to talk with a different man, but each one with a unique journey from brokenness to freedom. I'm your host, Rudy Kalis. I spent over 40 years as a TV sportscaster, then retired and joined the Men of Valor program as a volunteer. So join the conversation, reconciling men to God, their families, and society. Welcome to another edition of Put a Word on It, brought to you by Sage Spring Wealth Partners. We thank them so much for all that they've done for us. This is an interesting program for me because the man who brought me into prison five years ago was J.R. Davis, who works with, of course, Men of Valor. He got involved in the prison ministry because his son went to prison. And I want you to meet Jordan Davis. His dad never knew what had happened. All of a sudden, he got a call. Your son has been arrested. What a powerful story of redemption and a family finding out that you have to have hope and believe. Here's Jordan. Jordan, I've known your dad for so long. He's one of my dearest friends. We don't get that many chances to talk. I know your story. How long has it been now since you'd gotten out of prison? So I got out in 2005. So I was locked up in 2000. So when I was 18 years old. And the story is miraculous because your dad said he never knew really what was going on. How did you get into some of the stuff you did? So... I have to go back to, yeah. to when I was in grade school. Um, we moved from Fairview um, and, you know, outside of Nashville to Bellevue um, when I was in sixth grade. And uh, I, my, my, I guess, persona in Fairview was I was a good Christian kid, you know, and I would bring my Bible to school and all that stuff. And, um, and, uh, made good grades and all that tried to at least and um played sports and and then when I, we moved to uh to bellevue subconsciously i i had a decision to make and or i didn't have a decision i did it subconsciously um i made a decision to not be so upfront with my belief i guess about being a christian and all that stuff so as time went on you know i just start. I, I wasn't so like involved in reading my Bible and stuff as a kid. And, um, I just gradually moved further and further away from, from my belief, I guess, not necessarily my belief, but my, uh, practice. And, um, and by seventh grade, I had an interest in, in smoking weed, you know, and, it's like, what, what does that feel like? I, cause I had no idea what it felt like. And I, my mind is one of curiosity. <laughs> um, I've always been that way. And really I wanted to just experience it. And, um, I, all the while moving further and further away from, from, from God and, and all that stuff. Hey, listen, your, your dad also told me there's a little element where your older brother, Jonathan was always kind, sweet and all that. And he told me that somehow you made a decision. He's the good son. I'm going to be the rebel. Is yeah. That true? So I, you know, family dynamics are, are play a role definitely in, in, in everyone's life. Um, and I'm no exception. So, I mean, of course my family dynamic played a part in everything. I, I didn't feel like I could live up to, um, being as good as I should have been. And, um, and at, at some point I just decided I'm not going to try anymore. 
and um, and so I I stopped trying. I stopped praying. Praying became as a as a kid. Praying became like a burden to me. It's like oh, I have to before I go to bed. I have to pray to God about all my family and all of my friends and all of this stuff. And um, I just I eventually started going further and further away. Um, I was influenced. I guess by my friends or whatever and got influenced in different kinds of music and um and and all of those variables added up in my life um and all the while not not being in, intentional about my life and the direction of it and all that stuff this was i was young i was a kid so i mean how <laughs> intentional are do kids really have or are kids really um but um, little by little, I started taking a step further and further. And I remember one time my dad sat me down in the living room because that's where they always sat me down <laughs> when they were talking to me. And um, he said, it's like you're climbing up a ladder. And each rung that you go, go up is, is one step closer to a place that you shouldn't be. Or, or like you're stepping outside the door and each step you take outside the door is further and further away from, from, you know, what's going to be productive in your life. And, um, I was also on, on antidepressants. And one of the things that antidepressants did was it took away my feelings of caring. And, um, and so, and granted, I, I think, you know, some people need antidepressants. I'm not by any means saying antidepressants are evil or anything, but for me as a teenager, it, it, it took away, um, like there were times I needed to feel sad and I couldn't feel sad. And how, how did it, how did it lead to stealing? So eventually what my point is with that was it, it took away feeling from the standpoint of caring. And so I started to steal little things from stores and, and things like that. And, um, it just led, led into stealing more and more like to where I would go into like, a store and steal a video card. I'm in computers into computers. So I'd steal like a video cards and stuff like that from back in the day when you could actually touch the merchandise that was that expensive, I guess. And, um, and it eventually just led down a path along with drug use. And, um, I started drinking and smoking weed anytime I could get it. And, um, and till eventually I started stealing, and by my senior year in high school, I'd, we, I had a, a friend that we went out and we did some robberies. So Did it with a BB gun, I think. I but did. I did it with a BB gun. When you, your dad told me that when all of a sudden he gets a call from the police, he was stunned. He didn't realize what, what, what you had done. How did you feel when all of a sudden, bam, here it is. My folks find out what I've done. I didn't enjoy doing it. Um, but I felt like I needed to, if I was going to leave home and, you know, I needed to make money somehow. And yeah. that was just kind of the life that I, that was kind of like before me. And I, I took the steps. And so I got arrested and, um, and I went to, I went before, um, a, you know, the detective or whatever. And, um, and I wasn't, you know, really saying anything. I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know what to do or anything. And so 
you know, went back to my cell or whatever. And then they called me in again after they called my parents. And um, uh, <laughs> quite honestly, I, would, I wouldn't recommend this. Um, but, but my dad um, convinced me to, um, to just lay it all out and just tell, say everything that I did. And, um, and to this day, I wouldn't make that recommendation to someone, but I think it did more for me spiritually than anything. Because after I was like, I just laid it all out to the detective and just told them everything that I did. Um, it was like, it was as if a burden was just lifted off of my, my shoulders. It was a really, it's one, it's one of the few times in my life, um, that it was like, I was, I was heavy and burdened and to the point where I didn't really realize how heavy and burdened I was, um, to where after I finally just admitted everything and, um, and just laid it all out there that, I was like, yes, I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this. Um, that it was just like a burden was just lifted off of me. And I was, I felt joy and happiness. And I was facing, you know, an unknown number of years after that for these crimes that I had committed. How many years did you do? Five? I did. I did ended up doing almost five years, about four years and nine months. Um, I was interested in, in just and real estate and stuff. And, um, I read, so my, my time in prison, I really, I spent, I spent a lot of my time studying and, and the biggest, the biggest impact was men of valor. Um, actually, because what Carl did was I think really impactful for a lot of, a lot of men in prison because he would, he would repeat the same thing <laughs> over and over again, um, to the point where you can memorize, you know, everything that he was about to say almost but um i had i had actually ministers that would would come in and visit me and stuff and one of them actually gave me a book on on like different religions and stuff like that because i wanted i was interested i was like why i didn't even i didn't know why i was a christian you know and um i was a christian i thought because you know i grew up in the church and that's what you i was supposed to be and that's what it was but i didn't really have an understanding as to why um why i believe what i believe and um, and so I studied different religions, and um, and so this one. So when Carl was uh, sick this one day, this guy came in, and he started saying these things that like I was seeking, and um, he started you know to talk about apologetics and and things like that, and and um, and I knew I could not let him leave without coming going to him and saying, um, I would like to meet with you one on one, and um, and so his his name was Ken Larry. And so he graciously accepted and, and Ken started meeting with me one-on-one -on -one. and he introduced me to um, the world of apologetics and which just opened up the doors to why you believe what you believe. Um, and um, why it's a, it, it, Christianity is a, is a valid, um, a valid um, belief system in our world. And, to from the standpoint of um, philosophy to history to um, um, reason, you know, and um, and that's what really opened the door to a lot of understanding as as of what why I believe what I believe. Mm -hmm. You know, the name of our program is put a word on it. Yeah, 
And, and what kind of a word comes to your mind? I, uh, I, I actually have a, a, a Bible verse. Um, and it's from Philippians 4. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, what is, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Um, the word that I want to put on it is focus on positive things in your life. Because if you focus on the positive things in your life, you'll get positive things in your life. If you focus on negative things, I think you'll see negative things. If we if we go, though, with one word, would it be focus? Yeah, I would say um, focus. And by focus, meaning focus on on the direction you want your life to go and focus on the things that you want in your life and, and in your reality. So focus would be a good one. I, I like that because it also means focus on the God above that shows you the direction that you want to go. Mm. You've had a remarkable life. I'm so proud for what you've done and a beautiful family. And I'm proud of my family too. Yeah, you've learned a lot from your past and God's going to use you in a great way, Jordan. Well, thank you. I love talking with Jordan. I think you can tell he is a thinker. He calculates his words. He's incredibly successful in his business. He's a wonderful father. And I like the word focus. I think that just fits him perfectly. Everything he does, he calculates. He even calculated his faith. He didn't have a road to Damascus experience for him was, I looked at the facts and the facts proved that Jesus is Lord. Wonderful story from Jordan. Hope you enjoyed it. Join us again next time as we put a word on You've been listening to Put a Word on It. We would love for you to subscribe wherever you download fine podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify. Put a Word on It is brought to you by Men of Valor. To learn more, go to movministry.com.